Welcome to another episode of The Station Podcast. My name is Adam Longster. I'm joined as always by Samuel Phoebe Mugabe. We both as a Station Podcast endeavour to look at films and media through a curious lens, picking out themes and concepts that we find interesting from them. This week we are looking at the 2003 Bo Welch adaptation of The Cat in the Hat, starring Mike Myers. In this live-action film based on the favourite children's tale, the troublemaking cat in the hat, played by Mike Myers, arrives at home of bored young Sally Walden, Decatur Fanning and her brother Conrad, Spencer Breslin. While their mother, Kelly Preston, is out, the family's pet, Fish, Sean Hayes, objects to the cat's presence, but it doesn't stop the hat-wearing giant feline from trying to have fun, no matter how much destruction is left as well. Welcome back, everyone. We've got a very juxtaposed episode now to our last one on Stalker, which is obviously a very highly regarded art house piece. So um, this week we are going to be examining some actual nightmare fuel that is passing itself off is a children's film. It is, of course, The Cat in the Hat starring Mike Myers, a very loose adaptation of the kind of original, very beloved Dr. Seuss book um, that I don't think any child out there should really watch that i think i watched it as a child um you know i think i guess i'll find out if that scarred me later in life perhaps um (laughs) did you watch it as a child adam or is this is this your first kind of foray into this into this nightmare that is the cat in the hat i am happy to say i did not watch this as a child uh i think it would have definitely scarred me and left me with some severe trauma later on in life that I think even watching it now, even watching it uh, today, uh, yeah, it hasn't really seemed to ameliorate time, hasn't really seemed to, I don't know, f- give it that force field of of, you know, of of it not being a little, at least a little bit disturbing. Yeah, it's very, very disturbing. And I guess maybe the first thing we could, we could chat about a little bit um, is just kind of adaptations of books and maybe like adaptations of kids' books because it's not, you know, Dr. Seuss's stuff, it's very interesting because they're very short books, you know, they're, I'd say maybe like 20 odd pages long, maybe less, um, a lot of drawings, there's a lot of kind of, um, you know, drawings in there, not a lot of words, everything tends to rhyme, everything in this doesn't tend to rhyme. Netflix quite recently did a really good adaptation of Green Eggs and Ham, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's actually... No very strange because you're kind of like oh well that's weird because you know it's not a very long book but it's like a 10 um episode long kind of story that sort of builds on the kind of basics of like all the various different scenes in green eggs and ham but there's a lot of going on between it it's got um eddie izzard in it um as well um it's got alana from broad city as well uh so it's yeah it's definitely a good a good one and it's animated which i think fits quite well in with um, like Doctor Seuss's style, but obviously this is live action. Yeah, I, oh, I'm gonna say as well that there was a 1970s adaptation or adaptations which were done in his uh, Doctor Seuss's actual style. Mm. I think the whoever designed um, the kind of the drawings that were featured in the books, which are sort of picture books, were done uh, as animations as well. And I think his writing was still incorporated, all the rhyme schemes. That's what Dr. Seuss is obviously mm. really renowned for. Even in the film, there's made mention and quips and meta sort of meta analysis about um, yeah. the rhyme scheme. 
and it's it is quite a meta film i think that was the thing that i probably hadn't quite noticed when i first yeah. watched it as a child because i didn't really have a kind of any concept of what like metaness was um but like a lot of the characters definitely know that they're in a film right and mike myers definitely knows that he's a film there's in a film and he does so many like to camera moments which are kind of quite reminiscent of like wayne's world or austin powers yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were just talking about how it's really tapped into those markets. The film clearly has this idea or bent towards those properties, mm. those existing intellectual properties like um, Austin Powers. And or- you know what? I Sorry, this this has just come to mind to me. I bet it's because it when it came out, it's probably at a time when people who watched Wayne's World when it came out Austin Powers kind of when it came out uh, or the kind of earlier one maybe not quite Austin Powers but definitely Wayne's World would potentially have had children so that, <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah, all all children's films have kind of like inappropriate jokes that will go what right over kids heads but their kind of parents will get it because you know filmmakers know that like d- d- children tend to watch films with their parents and they need to kind of you know entertain the parents as well uh, and this film's kind of maybe taken that and gone a little bit too much towards the parents with it um but yeah, I don't know if that's kind of one of the maybe like things of why they're like, yeah, let's get Mike Myers to do this. There was clearly a lot going into the marketing and the choice and decision of using Mike Myers. Obviously, he played Shrek in the same year. Uh, I can't remember if they're congruent in times, either one was released before the other. Um, but they definitely tapped into that market of him being a, a children friendly person, a family friendly person, but also having that edginess. You know, Shrek was an edgy story as well, but it managed to temper those um, edgy moments, those more crass and crude moments well. While this struggles, it, it, again, it, it relies too much on the Austin Powers persona and, I don't know, that, as you say, that more adult humour. Yeah, because, like, I mean, almost like he, his catchphrase in this is like, oh, yeah. And like Austin Powers' catchphrase is yeah, baby. So it's yeah. like they've just gone, oh, yeah, we'll just basically like reuse that, but you shorten it a little bit. And gesticulate uh, the arms. Don't forget the arms. Yeah. And, yeah. And get hammer like... arms that he's doing like. Because <laughs> yeah, like, he's so. And I think that must have been, it must have been a horrible role to play because we kind of talked about it. And he definitely like, you can tell from watching the suit. And I think he said that like it was a horrible suit to wear, but he's so physical in it. Like, and we were kind of just like chatting about like the amount of wire kind of tricks that they use in it like the amount of kind of times that he's bouncing on things and they've obviously got him like hooked up to like a kind of um wire and pulley system and they've definitely like you know bought that or hired it and like we're like yeah we're gonna use this yeah they had to like they're, they're obligated at that point to really use the wire we've, we've paid we've for spent it. money on it we need it like yeah. <laughs> it's gonna show up on screen god damn it um yeah I- I think one of the interesting things about that as well, the suit specifically and how it's designed, because it looks very similar, the makeup and prosthetics of how they've done it is similar to the Grinch, the one that Jim Carrey wore. That's like very true, yeah. And the makeup and the way that they've done the, like, the who knows, um, like in mm. Hoosville, like that sort of elongated, very weird. It looks so freaky when they've actually put it into um, like li- like a live action, like in the in the cartoons and the the sort of the the picture books, they look a bit more like you get away with that. There's the sort of Simpson mm. lip thing. If you put that, I've seen pictures of like the Simpsons with realistic it, like overbite. It just doesn't work. So yeah, yeah, from yeah. the ground up, like the Grinch 
was a scary character and it kind of worked for that i mean but everyone was scary in that film they all looked freakish <laughs> um but that kind of carries over to this because it seems like the the guy who directed this bo welch he was a production designer of a lot of um tim burton films uh, and you can see that kind of influence yeah 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 because this there's dark moments in it definitely like um I, you know I, I, we were kind of just talking and i like to like put little sort of um topics for the kind of notes that i make when i'm watching these and one of them was just straight up like child endangerment <laughs> you know it kind of you know there's the bit in the car where he's kind of like oh I, you know part of me is like i shouldn't do this it's a bad idea and part of me is like let the 12 year old drive and then he variously gets like three wheels out and they're all kind of driving the car which is just going round and round in circles until eventually it like crashes um and then like before that you know he's like just straight up gonna like basically murder this child he tries to kill the dog a few times he kind of doesn't get into his concepts in his head that they're trying to rescue the dog and he's like let's kill the dog he um, goes a bit too that, far with know, it doesn't he? he he seems to be really yeah. like hell bent on that's what we're gonna do it's like cats and dogs like he probably doesn't like dogs fantastically but and I think there's the deleted scene where he gets really scared of it and then kind of like jumps up into the little girl's arms again, utilizing the pulley system so that she can, looks like she's carrying him. Which weight, I was just a really weird thing I kind of sort of noticed was that there doesn't seem to be any concept of like weight. Like he just seems to be able to pick up ridiculously heavy things and just like chuck them around. Absolutely no problem. Yeah. Like what the babysitter, he, can... he just like hangs her up on a coat hanger, just like that. And she's like a, you know, she's like a fully grown woman um the constraints and caveats of what he can and can't do this mythical figure this uh, i don't know um very uh almost like you know creature from some sort of legend mm. you know the, the cat um can can, can uh, there's like limits like he's he's like a some sort of like greek legend where he's like chuckling like uh, handling all these things and like juggling things and then but he's like lactose intolerant oh you know it's like yeah it's very strange isn't it like because obviously he kind of establishes in the film that he's from this other land that you can get to through this box that was made in the philippines but not our philippines like so presumably there's a philippines in so we know from 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 the thing that there's a philippines and also presumably the concept of dairy dairy is a thing yeah. in in this other world that he is allergic to ironically because he's a cat even though i think actually cats aren't fantastically you're not supposed to really give them like milk or you're not supposed to give them too much it's not great for them um but anyway and then that he kind of like seems to have this kind of it's almost like i kind of thought of it as like the power of like musicals you know that in yeah. musicals like if you think about it like reality seems to kind of bend and change around the kind of needs of the main characters thing random things will happen and he seems to have the same kind of things you know he can like teleport around he can he very quick costume changes or you know suddenly there's like a opens a door and there's a bull that's like charging at him and you know various things like that that was definitely amplified in that first section when we get one it's one proper song there's not i mean there's a couple i think there's one or two maybe one at the end there's an upbeat number at the end which he says is important for the soundtrack <laughs> again showing that he definitely knows that he's in a film yeah um but yeah there those two moments and that breakaway it's definitely amplified in that first one where yeah as you say he there's all these sort of i don't know vignettes into a lot there's one where he's like a sort of chiquita banana sort of thing where he's got yeah. like i don't know um there's, it, and then there's like a he's like a bullfighter um at one point um and then he's like just balancing loads of stuff 
He's definitely got a lot of different personas, doesn't he, that he brings out? Because he's also got there's like the kind of chef, a cupcake making cat, and then the kind of host cat. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna first sort of talk about the the sort of the set design and how how the world is kind of established, because um, we we kind of set on you know this this kind of this town where it, it, it's set. Um, there's obviously the design of the the houses are all very angular. It's all kind of prim and proper and supposed to be I don't know the the model nuclear family kind of modern civilization. It's those 1950s yeah. kind of. Uh, I don't know. It looks very fake, doesn't it? Like it's 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 that this kind of like fake almost neighborhood. Like everything's like a little bit too perfect. Everyone's driving like I think most people drive like electric cars, apart from Alec Baldwin's character, <laughs> yeah. uh, Larry, who he's just like you know kind of pretends to be really perfect. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's got that like car. I mean, it's almost like cartoonish, like real life kind of aesthetic like look that it just every, all the kind of surfaces look too just like monotone if you know what i mean like all the houses like the the kind of side work is just like exactly the same color all the grass is just like a monotone green the roads are the same well that does feel deliberate in the way that they've tried to portray this narrative of ultra cleanliness like that seems to mm. be the um, the sort of fixation of the of the narrative of right this this is a place where people are ultra concerned with being it's like really know, controlled isn't it like I was going to say that first like, shot when we get in the, oh, what is the guy's name? Humber, Humberworm? Humber? Oh, like hum, Humberdinks or something. Humberdinks, yeah. yeah, something like that. And it's almost mimicking like the Brazil shot, you know, the beginning where it goes through the bureaucracy and it goes to... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. And I thought, wow, that's... <laughs> I don't think it's deliberate it's anything. Is it? Yeah. But, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of like coincidental. But it's so strange how that starts, because it's a similar sort of feeling and vibe. It's that sort of strange, uh, I don't know, almost uh, dystopia um, kind of feeling yeah, of, yeah. like, everyone has to be ultra clear. You get this guy who's who constantly says, fired, and is, is always <laughs> having to sanitize, like... Yeah, it's like everyone during covid basically just like <laughs> hand sanitizer like you shake someone's hand and they're like uh oh i'm glad so he's like are you fired fired <laughs> fired fired the way the way that he says yeah. it as well like some of the people's i don't know the way that 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 accented and punctuated like this guy we don't know anything about this guy but his one character trait is that he's obsessed with clean cleanliness and he likes to say like exclaim really loud that you're fired like mm. there's even the little bit where we see Sally, the girl, later, and she has like little vision of this guy like whispering, like fired. <laughs> yeah, like I thought that. I was like, what's that about? Because she she wasn't even there. Like, so how's that a flashback for? It's not really a flashback for her. It's not got anything to do with her unless it's like, yeah, it's kind of like this is what's going to happen to your mum if you don't sort the house out. She's going to get fired. Yeah, but yeah, it's a uh, he's a yeah he's a really odd character. I think. Um, but it's like he's not really in it much. There's but. like a couple of those characters sort of sprinkled in there, either very harsh, either stereotypes or these really broad and sort of crass caricatures. Because you've got they've got a couple of those. You've got that one in the deleted scenes. That so me and Sam actually looked at the deleted scenes because I thought that was very pivotal, and it is if you want to 
be more informed about what's going on with actually what was cut and what was left in yeah check out the deleted scenes because me and sam have we've seen them and it's definitely um yeah they're, enlightening they're interesting they're, yeah very like enlightening and it it definitely makes you kind of go okay fair enough like they left in some very inappropriate stuff but they also cut some even more inappropriate stuff so well <laughs> it's say, like, a bit of an odd one the the guy who sold the tvs for example very kind of questionable uh, like almost stereotyping and kind of i don't know um like it's like the mrs kwan thing this guy who's selling yeah, tvs he has a very sort of i don't know almost um it's almost Indian like Ab- apu yeah hindi kind of it, like caricature accent which then he just like turns off and he's definitely he's like he's doing it to fit into this this kind of stereotype of i don't know like it what what, what someone and who's selling tvs i don't know like should sound like even though actually i think he's like sounds like he's from like new york like he's got a really thick new york accent when he's like kind of shouting at his uh his assistant yeah he flips um, from hindi inflected english to this this kind of like almost subservient character to almost this kind of like oh what do you want kind of thing like the new york yeah. kind of um which is a very and i can see why you'd cut that out very very questionable yeah. as, a, as a character <laughs> but they keep in like mrs kwan and that's a, I think that's a very questionable character as well because so yeah, she's this yeah. Taiwanese like middle-aged kind of like uh, sort of plump lady um, who's coming to babysit and they kind of reduce her to like a bunch of like catchphrases and like she's very sh- like uh, just says things like sharp and kind of very with the Taiwanese kind of reflect and obviously there's Taiwanese uh, yeah. parliament on the TV which I thought which was is very- just kind of but whatever whatever they've kind of created to be like Taiwanese parliament it just looks like it's like a lot of people having a fight with like really shit sounding kind of like fight noises like Foley put onto it but like really terrible kind of like 50s Batman sort of punching sounds and stuff like that which is you know I've never watched Taiwanese parliament but I'm going to presume that it's pretty similar to any other kind of parliament that it's probably just people talking it's a <laughs> you weird tend not to get fist fights it's a weird joke to put in there for kids or for adults like what are you supposed to yeah. get a, take away from that it's very questionable it's like, just like <laughs> need need yeah needlessly like racist right <laughs> like it's yeah. just really pointless and like why that that like that moment there on tv that's like that's representative of taiwanese parliament that's how they work and they're just reduced you know reduced to a bunch of fighting yeah it's it's, it's come like it's like that's like yeah. a moment where you think that's yeah why did you not know there's no there's no also, like, there's no joke here like yeah not even them going oh this is like a bit offensive like sort of you know back when it was made which was quite a long ago them going oh this is a bit offensive but we think it's really funny so we're going to put it in it's like it's just offensive and not that necessarily it being really funny would make it okay but it's just like why why wasn't that cut like it's a really pointless scene it only seems to point at sort of i don't know cultural differences and you say like just punctuated by those those foley sounds of people punching each other that's the only joke there that i can i can glean from it and as you say it's a it's a awful joke there's nothing there yeah it could be also she could be watching literally like just an action film you know like a a fighting film and then like for the pretty much for the rest of the film she's just like basically like narcoleptic she just like falls asleep like that you know she'll kind of get up answer the phone say something and then go straight off back to sleep yeah she's um, used as sort of like a i don't know a ploy in the rest of the film she's just this yeah i don't know object just kind of a raft at one it's, point uh yeah it's quite when you kind of go in and analyze it it's like pretty offensive you're like yeah this is yeah like not really okay to be honest and 
doesn't it's, she's definitely not like a canonical character from dr seuss's book either like there's no babysitter in it the cat in the hat just i mean the children are just i think left alone in in that book um for this, this for the cat to come and and, and do all and, and kind of like do his thing with them if you think yeah this is an original character that they they had to craft or they yeah. felt was necessary to craft in this story so you've got to really scrutinize that and think oh jesus <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like i don't think it'd make it more okay but it's, it's not them being like true to the source material or anything it's an it's an original idea that obviously mid-2000s they were like yes this is fine this this would this will age fantastically um yeah like this will not look terrible in in you know 20 or 20 odd years um yeah so to mention really odd so to mention odd characters then we come on to the titular and, and kind of i don't know um the kind of the obelisk that is in the the room kind of thing with uh the cat you know mike myers the, the big man himself um his cat i wonder how much of the cat is like just him they're just like just go and do your thing like it's just unscripted and it's just him yeah how much of it him. is like how much is him riffing and like how much is actually in the script because then also like he's he's acting with like two children which like I, I guess that's going to be like harder to kind of riff off necessarily than if if you know if it was like him with you know, like in Wayne's World like it's him and Garth obviously kind of riffing together and then like the other characters who are all quite like you can like accomplished actors and or you know like comedians or you know like whatever but yeah it's just like they were kind of like shoved him into a room and were like go just you're the cat in the hat go be Mike Myers do Austin Powers you know like do Wayne's World but like make it slightly more appropriate for children but not really yeah i think i'd rather have my kids watching wayne's world than this like maybe not probably not austin powers but like i think wayne's world's definitely aged better um from memory yeah um well yeah, yeah like a, I, uh, yeah even like as i kind of mentioned like shrek is a as a perfect like you know that's a kid's yeah, movie shrek, fantastic it's just become very strange and memey i think over the last 20 years but <laughs> definitely <it's>, yeah <laughs> just as a film yeah it's it's really good it's still it's still holds up quite well well even as you say um, Mike Myers has Eddie Murphy in that film to kind of riff. They have the buddy, uh, yeah. buddy cop kind of yeah. mentality, like, oh, we're on an yeah, adventure yeah. together. Um, and two pretty, this... pretty, pretty accomplished like comedy actors, like Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers. It's just kind of perfect sort of duo, isn't it? Really, that seems to where his his charisma go- comes from is is maybe bouncing off the energy and synergy of other people like them together. Um, yeah, as you yeah, mentioned, yeah, yeah. like SNL. I and think... I mean, not... sorry, go on. I was gonna say it's the same in Austin Powers, really, isn't it? You know, like he's kind of riffing off the various other other kind of characters in the film, or like you know, um, his dad, like Nigel Powers, is like Michael Caine, so obviously like a really you know, he's another very accomplished actor, or Beyonce in the last film as well, and then also a lot of it is him riffing off himself because he basically plays every character in that film. Yeah, 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 and like, that's a fu- it's and- just him. Well, that's a funny point, obviously, because they do that in this film, don't they? They they yep. They have him play these kind of multiple characters or these different um, versions of of mm. the cat, where he's like a mechanic, then he's on a talk show and he's doing a Yorkshire accent, and it, then he's a it, like I don't know, it's one of those sort of daytime cook show hosts. And he's clearly Yay. doing some kind of impression of uh, it's like a really nebulous kind of impression, but you kind of get like oh, well, you're going for something specific. You're like this is very yeah, pointed. yeah, and. 
Uh, yeah, I also, yeah, the, like the mechanic bit and like his voice. I didn't know like, he does a lot of stuff where his like voice changes. All these like there's the kind of bit where he's like the kind of hippie, like trying to get um like Larry to sign the like petition. He's just doing this like um there's a couple of bits like that as well like that bit and then the bit where he's like meditating in the car and i was like oh it's a little little sneak preview to the love guru in the future which is probably his worst <laughs> film i think this is probably his like second worst film but you've kind of maybe forgive it slightly because it's kind of meant to be a kid's film um yeah as as we mentioned this is yeah. what it's kind of aiming for and you can tell at the roots like that's what they were trying to when you hear like because this feels like a very corporate film and it's it's a corporate kids film you can feel like mm. we need this element we need this to to make it feel you know you've got those beats in the story even as you kind of rightly say there's that self-referential kind of um looking outward at the story of oh we had to work in a up-tempo pop t- uh, song for the the soundtrack yeah yeah or he does the bit where he's on the kind of ride and he's he's like oh yeah, you can ride live like rides like this at universal studios and kind of gets two tickets out for it and, and cha-ching, like, cha-ching yeah and then kind of goes off which is very much like like wayne's world and there's like a quite a really funny scene in wayne's world where they're kind of like saying how they don't like give in to corporate sponsorship while kind of like drinking coke and wearing like reeboks and basically like doing loads of product placements <laughs> i i think it le- works less in this though because i don't think there's enough critique there to really because it seems like it's endorsing um by some by some metric it, it seems like uh, as i kind of mentioned in the beginning there's these kind of like little jabs at society or you know um kind of the way that things are but then it never fleshes that out at all now not to say that it's, it has to be a you know deep film or anything where there has to be the strong critique but it, it doesn't seem mm. that it could have been quite interesting in that way if you were to use those those conduits of like because the thing is about balance and ultimately the cat in the hat the story is about having sometimes it's okay to you know have fun and even the story yeah, it knows yeah. it knows that like it's okay to have fun but sometimes you've got to reel it back and be a bit disciplined you can't be one of the extreme of the other yeah um, that and that's definitely yeah what it is it's, it's finding that kind of balance of of the kind of two extremes which are like the two kids which is like you know being very disorganized and kind of creating a mess and then being like over organized and it kind of i guess like through the story it's them kind of both learning that they kind of need to be closer to the middle and that like it shows you like the disadvantages or i guess the consequences of of being too far onto either extreme and it's kind of better to to sort of yeah be a bit different be a bit kind of nearer the middle and having elements of both well, this is an interesting point. I was thinking this while I was watching it. Do you not think that it probably would have been better to have, rather than Conrad be this rule breaker, um, mm. troubled child, um, you know, going to get sent off to military school, kind of bad um, <laughs> sort of problem child thing? Would it not have been better for them both to be very rigor, like rigorous and and very uh, like rigid and regimented? It- it would fit more into society, the kind of like society that it is showing, right? Wouldn't it? Because it, it's kind of showing how, like, you know, everything's very perfect and very like regimented, and that, like, yeah, it's about kind of breaking free and having fun. Because I guess that is another thing, isn't it? And that probably, yeah, fits into that is that he never really he kind of shows them how to have fun, but then I guess it's like that because it's too much, even for Conrad, he starts to realize that, oh, actually, no, like sometimes you need to rein it in. And, and she realizes that actually, um, you know, sometimes you have to let yourself have fun. But yeah, it would be interesting if they were kind of both like perfect little kind of children, like, you know, little model children sort of thing. 
Well, it, it, that kind of rings true with the source. Is like the cat is supposed to be the fun. It's supposed to show you mm. how to have fun. But they're supposed to realize, oh, this can be really alluring and, and fun and exciting. And it can be a real kind of exciting and attractive thing. But also there's times when you've got to know that enough is enough. Like you can have fun, but it doesn't have to go to an extreme. Yeah. You don't have to trash so it's like the house. Con- contractual fun. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, like, um, within the within the limits of the the contract that he makes them sign, which uh, was such yes. a weird, it's such a weird bit. Like <laughs> that again, it seems too adult. That's too like why is oh these are my lawyers you know that's like a wink wink to the the adults like, in the audience like, yeah they're magical pixies no actually they're lawyers like D- yeah. yeah like <laughs> or why the bit, like the bit after he kind of cuts his tail off and it kind of goes to a kind of we'll be right back because he's he basically like starts swearing loads and then when he comes back he's like i'm not saying that we sh- that we should sue but i'm just saying we've got a case who who are they suing like who is he suing like the movie studio is he like talking to the kids as in like an actor to another like we can we can sue the movie studio who who are they suing yeah this 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 kind of like like pseudo movie studio or whatever that's in within the film's universe yeah. that he's just cut away to like obviously getting really carried away with this kind of fantasy of uh, in his own head of this this kind of other world yeah again playing it up for jokes another thing where they're like uh, again like wink wink at the audience wink wink at the older members of the audience you'll probably get that haha um but yeah kids again yeah like americans love to sue like you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think we got you we know what you like yeah and there's so many moments like that i think where it's definitely like you know like where it it kind of almost feels that it's like like more for so like right probably the most inappropriate thing that probably makes it in or yeah one of the most inappropriate is like when he kind of sees a picture of their mum and then it kind of turns on its side and like almost like folds it out like it's a centerfold kind of thing in a in a in a magazine or something and his like hat becomes erect and his like t- his, his tail, tail yeah, goes yeah. up and his leg goes out and he's like oh who's that and his, they're like oh it's our mum he's like oh that's awkward and it's like every adult knows what that's kind of like simulating like that um but no new kid is and it's like that doesn't really shouldn't probably shouldn't be in a kid's film that's really inappropriate and he's even as we mentioned in the deleted scenes there's an extended part where he's on a slide and he gets that picture out yeah. again and we can and you see, it see it in full in full vision and this clearly this this actress or they've like put some sort of model but you can see she's like in a bikini and it's like this is very that's very inappropriate yeah it's like you can tell why they cut that bit but then obviously like they kind of the bit where it's like slightly more i guess it's hinted at what it is we kind of know what it is but we're not shown what it is is has obviously been kept in because i guess i guess maybe the other scene if they'd kept that in it would have like the rating would have gone up did you notice as well when joan and lawrence are having a conversation over the table and they're kind of getting closer did you notice joan was like polishing the table (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe like really near the beginning she's yeah, like kind she's, of tidying up isn't she yeah yeah and she's like leaning over the table and like polishing her like and it gets fast did you notice that oh no oh god no that's if that yeah if that's like intentional that's quite dirty isn't it god yeah there are a few things like there's hidden ones like we even see paris hilton in the film in yeah this- that's really really weird like she's not just in the deleted scene she's more in the deleted scene but she's actually in the film the, that, the- why the feature film she's in it for two seconds i counted two seconds um 
And again, how Paris much did Hilton... that cost them? Like to have Paris Hilton <laughs> in for two seconds. Although to be fair, like I, th- I feel like Paris Hilton, she does do some really odd stuff. Like you know, like she's quite aware of I think like her persona. What? Like she, you, yeah, like she'll do stuff that kind of like like I think she's just done like a cooking show that looks really where she's kind of like the joke is I think that she's it's really shit like it's a shit cooking show because it and then the joke is that like if if Paris Hilton did a cooking show it'd be really shit but she's kind of in on it I, I think a lot of those early 2000s uh films that she featured in played uh upon this character of her being I don't know um being promiscuous being uh mm. sort of very loose with herself um being a sexual character so to see them in this club scene where they go underground which is really, <laughs> really weird as well there's this weird like but also like the the kind of it's like almost like a phone box or something that they go down and there's like so much smoke coming from it it's like what's going on down there like who's hotboxing this entire club um <laughs> it's, it's like the so steam strange. or whatever from the uh the yeah you know. it's but, and and there were, everyone's like wearing like the cat in the hat's hat or very var- variations of it, aren't they? And like, yeah. And then again, you get an inappropriate moment where he's kind of like going through and then gets distracted by seeing Paris Hilton. And I think in the deleted scene, he does like a break dance, but in the kind of film, he just kind of like stops and like looks at her and, and dances and like for a second, and then yeah. yeah, dances for a second and then kind of kind of goes on. Um, why? <laughs> why did you need that? Why, why did you need that segment? What what was the point like, in that? yeah why i don't think i don't know that's like there's a lot of times i think when i was watching it and i think like as an adult watching opposed as a kid like i think as a kid like when i when i was watching it like uh, this time i was like oh god i didn't know paris hilton was in it as a kid i had no idea who paris hilton was or that you know i just i i can't really remember that bit and all these sort of things like that like when watching back i'm like oh god yeah no like that was quite quite odd quite inappropriate but you just don't maybe notice when you're a bit younger What's another moment that you think really has stood out to you like that? What else do you think really made itself apparent this time? Oh, I mean, there was one bit where, like, they, they, they kind of chuck the fish into the toilet and he's like, this is where they buried yeah. my brother. I was like, oh, my God, like, that's horrific. That's so dark. Yeah, definitely. Or, or there's a bit, like, where he's like, oh, he's, to- um, he's talking about circus clowns and he's like, they think oh that's really funny it's like oh yeah it's like a circus but there's no clowns with hepatitis like what the fuck yeah yeah that that oh god some of those bits yeah definitely yeah the bit i do remember and being like oh that's quite inappropriate is where like he stands on the when he's kind of got the the hoe and he's like oh like yeah dirty, you dirty hoe. hoe i'm sorry baby i love you <laughs> like i can I remember d- that bit really vividly and he's like yeah he goes really close and then the, the the hoe actually stands erect did you notice that as he left yeah it stands on its own erect like that it's so it's so weird like Oh, and there's the moment, there's that epic moment, the moment that we all know from Cat in the Hat is where he gets basically hung and strung up um, by the kids. They get, they they lynch him, they get him in a, they get him up. They make him into a pinata, don't they? Like, just, yeah. And then this kid comes with an action. They're all hitting him with plastic bats and he's kind of like, it's hurting him, but he's kind of basically okay. And then this kid comes with an actual baseball bat and just wallops him in the in the little cats and there's, and there's and like it, this cut away to him like swinging on a swing as a woman and it's playing easy like sunday morning like <laughs> with like snow or blossom falling and 
And then he's just like the next scene. He's just straight up gonna murder that child. He's gonna like um, he's gonna batter him with that just the baseball. And I think that's even a meme. Is like cat with bat. Like there's loads of kind of pictures of people have put that into various different things of him with the baseball bat, like getting ready to like take people out. There, um, there are some moments in this where he's really threatening, you know, people, or it does seem he's kind of a scary character at times. Like it is very, he's very creepy as the character. Like when I first saw yeah. Mike Myers come on screen, like the way he's introduced, it's freaky. Like I, you know, the kids like explete out the heart, the shock and horror, scream at like seeing him. I did the same. I was, I was absolutely yeah, yeah. petrified. <laughs> And you know, there's moments like on the cooking show where he's like, he's like threatening, like I'll I'll do you in, and I'll make it yeah. look like you know, yeah, it, yeah, I, I, it'll look like an accident. I'll I'll get you. Like, yeah, like, I'll, I'll get, get you. you. And I'll make it look like an accident. Yeah, he just flips that. Well, that version of the cat just flips, doesn't he? It's it's scary. Like that's <laughs> what I mean. It's like it's verging on those moments. It doesn't go like full. I don't know, freaky. I think it does. It I just hint. It hints at it, doesn't it? It kind of hints at this, I don't know, this, like, implied danger of the cat that, like, if you get on his bad side, it's, you know, it's not going to end well for you. Which is scary to um, think, this this weird creature, this man-like cat, which Alec Baldwin does mention, like, you know, this, this, this cat, yeah, it was a... But then, so that's that, like, okay, so, like, Alec Baldwin's... Obviously, Alec, Alec Baldwin's character is he's a bit of an asshole, right he's 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 a, he's a slob he's obviously he's kind of basically just trying to marry their mum because he's broke he's really poor and he wants some money and he's trying to like ship off the problem child to this military academy so he doesn't have to deal with him yeah he's, he's not a nice guy we, we open um, the door and see alec baldwin we go oh no alec baldwin <laughs> <laughs> like it's alec baldwin um but he's he's like the character that maybe like he's always playing the asshole character yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry keep going <laughs> no 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 sorry no it, it, yeah maybe like it fits Alec Baldwin quite well um but what I was gonna say is like he's the character that like probably the most like goes against the cat right he he's kind of like out he's the kind of protagonist not protagonist he's the antagonist of the of the piece and like let's let's see what happens to him like one he's kind of allergic to the cat so even the cat's presence near him causes him discomfort um so like his first encounter with the cat is him just sneezing and, and that gets away from him but then like kind of near the end obviously he's like chased them through this kind of this chase and he's gotten more and more kind of um you know intense and kind of like he has to get this dog back and sort of prove that you know there's this giant cat and then kind of you know in the house he's just kind of like looking at the relatively normal house and then starts sneezing and he's like what's that you got a cat in here and he kind of just turns around and the cat's like that'd be me and then yeah, like that, taps him yeah, on the that, sh- like taps him on the shoulder and yeah he like falls back into the thing and then gets completely you know like the cat's enemies like get get got really you know they don't maybe don't end up dead but like you know <laughs> he's certainly uh not pleasant like because you see him at the end he gets like funneled through the pipe and the the, the moans and screams that he made did you notice that it was, fr- yeah, cause it was it's, horrible cause it's, cause it's like it's like a what like a three inch white round like pipe suck through this like really tight yeah. yeah like tiny and pipe gooped, and he's like, like he just gets gooped on yeah he gets like sloshed out in this sort of like sludge this purple goop yeah and, so like the, the the cat's enemies get you know get defeated really in in many ways and i mean is the cat actually that i, I don't know is he actually that protagonist really is he the the kind of the person we should be rooting for because he again he kind of 
Sorry, go on. What we he's almost that like I was gonna say he's like the helper, but he's he almost is kind of like there's always like an inclination that he's going to abandon them because yeah. there is even a bit where he's like first it's like plan A is like mess up the house like I've done that and he's like plan B is like cut your losses ditch the kids and he's like oh you know that's a- a- appealing that's a tempting thing to do just for a second frame this in your mind imagine this that this is just a man who comes into the house messes up the house and tells the kids I want to have fun today. Let's yeah. do like this. That would be very scary. So, so this w- is a police situation, like right. This is a this nine is- nine 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 or nine one one kind of situation. This is an abusive person who's wheedled their way into their house. <laughs> it really, when you take it out of the context, that's why I think you know it's worth maybe examining in that way because it that is very scary. Like to think that somebody could just because he just appears. He just appears. Oh, yeah. Well, he where did you come from? Oh, I, I came in my car. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's like, from my place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, I, yeah, very much so. Yeah, if you kind of, yeah, if you changed it, if he was no longer a cat, he was just, a, you know, like the man in the hat. Um, That's quite creepy. <laughs> Definitely have a different it was, connotation. It was just Mike Myers without the suit. Like, yeah, like. That's like, yeah, it's a very different, it's a different kind of film. Still Jesus, doing the same yeah. gesticulations and movements, like the way he runs over. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it kind of seems, it has this like cartoony kind of um, physicality to him, which I guess is like probably one of the reasons why they got Mike Myers, because he's quite a good, I think he's quite a good physical actor. Like he puts a lot into what he's doing. He kind of, you know, over, he, you know, he's very energetic in, in a lot of his roles. But yeah. I think a... you have to be quite animated in those suits. As I was mentioning, uh, Jim Carrey in The Grinch earlier, that you, he had to be quite animated in that to make it um, more accentuated, to make those but movements then, look make, like, make sense. Another another creepy film, if you just had Jim Carrey coming down your chimney, nicking all your presents, <laughs> you're making your milk and stuff, it'd be freaking terrifying. I mean, The Grinch is quite terrifying, but if it was just Jim Carrey, you're like, what, Jim Carrey, what are you doing in my house? He's like, oh, I'm taking all the presents, go back to sleep, here's a glass of water. Especially if you're doing the same <laughs> face, like the same sort of yeah. gesture in that same face, like that same sort of smile. <laughs> kind of Grinch face. Yeah, you God, know. Have you seen it? I definitely, there's definitely pictures of him like doing the kind of Grinch face, not as The Grinch. He looks for, I mean, I think Jim Carrey's a quite a scary person anyway it's something about him that's a bit that unsettles me a little bit but yeah i think both, both of why, those, yeah. yeah both of those both of those films like have a kind of situ- situations where i don't know like if it was a bit more realistic it would be quite scary yeah totally I mean, yeah I but can... that's hinted at in the cat like yeah with his kind i think of, i don't know his bouts of like violence or almost violence that's just kind of diverted like that he's going to straight up kill the he's going to kill the dog a few times or he wants to kill the dog and they have to remind him that they're kind of trying to rescue it opposed to eliminate it i think the the cat though is supposed to be more of a benign character and a bit more of a friendly and amenable Mm. like personable person like the 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 grinch is obviously supposed to be uh irreprehensible kind of this this horrible monster because that's how Mm. whoville sees the grinch but we're supposed to sort of sympathise with the cat. I don't really do that. I don't really do that in <laughs> yeah. the film. He's just supposed to be like a fun kind of cat that comes and teaches you how to have fun. But he actually, and this is this kind of, I don't know, like irresponsible kind of monster that's, you know, two or three events away from just basically like leaving you or 
murdering children or, or allowing them to like, drive as you mentioned yeah you know yeah allowing them to drive <laughs> you know um i don't know uh, you know he kind of makes them things from lots of different items that he finds in the in the yeah. house um alicia's thing one and thing two on their house and then who very quickly is very clear that they're not actually gonna clean it up at all and he's just like dancing kind of in the in the hall while they're sort of just like going around absolutely trashing the house and he does absolutely nothing to try and stop them yeah he, he sort of mentions he could like talks to mrs mrs kwan and, and and he says like well if this was my house i'd be furious <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it just has this little meta moment like while doing nothing to actually actually do it yeah he's a he's a he's an interesting character um this kind of iteration of the cat yeah this this kind of um i don't know this this weird sort of you know configuration of of the traits that they thought that you know people would relate to or would see again i think this is supposed to be sort of the trickster the kind of Mm. you know the the low-key or the the sort of i don't know yeah um, that sort of character qualities you know and i think yeah but yeah, it's definitely it definitely has a freaky moments because you got like the Pandora's box, like the crate opening. Um, yeah, yeah. Which kind of there's a lot of I don't know. Yeah, there's a maybe like quite a lot of very like classical kind of motifs in there. Like yeah, like this kind of trickster magical being that that kind of comes and like, like lures children away or does you know it appears to because there's also bits where yeah like he doesn't really ever appear or very rarely appears to any other adult because like there's a lot of bits where he's just walking through the town and no one really kind of is like oh my god there's a giant cat there i think alec baldwin's the only person apart from the children that sees him yeah um he's like invisible to everyone else at home it seems and then like yeah as he said like pandora's box and then i guess all this stuff about kind of like i guess like yin and yang of kind of balancing inside of the kind of two mate the two kind of like actual protagonists of the bit which are the two children yeah um <laughs> yeah i mean there are those sort of grassroots kind of uh and you get the like evil evil step parent kind of trope as well right with like alec baldwin's character that he's like you know obviously it's kind of like you know most classical things it's like a in old folk tales it's, or fairy tales it's like an evil stepmother but it you know it's the same kind of thing but it's just like gender swaps is being well, evil stepfather he's it's that sort of lingering sort of story trope that was coming that was really product pro- prominent in the 90s that kind of single mother um there's a father figure coming in not sure about them you know the kids are upset mm. about it that was a very seemed like a very yeah yeah thing. i think yeah i think there is definitely a lot of a lot of things like that yeah or, and then or someone who's like they're, and they're sort of doing it for for you know in his case it's because he's broke they're doing it for like a, a bad reason right like so he can kind of like get money um because you know he's like having his really shit tv repossessed um <laughs> and he's actually like a real and, bum or like loser kind yeah of he's not got he's, well, he's not got a job does he? he like he's pretending that he's like in sales but he, he, and does he wear like he wears a kind of like corset right to kind yeah. of keep his belly somewhat like in a cummerbund sort of like you know this this your corset to kind of keep in his belly fat yeah yeah because then like yeah like later on in the which is another thing because then he's like he has this like persona that he kind of of wearing a suit but then kind of later on when he's like going into town and he's like goes to meet joan he's like just in like tracky bottoms with like a 
uh, like it's this weird kind of jacket on he just looks like really slobby this kind of like sports jersey jacket so i don't kind of uh yeah varsity thing yeah yeah so he's a, yeah he's an interesting character um he's definitely like the the villain i think of the of the whole thing unless maybe the cat's the villain i don't know like he's definitely got vill- villainous elements to him if he i was mean left like without any kind of supervision like he could just cause absolute chaos i think well as we've <laughs> as we've kind of delved into those those elements with the cat i think yeah you could definitely frame him as being a a, a villainous character but he's kind of neutral i think in that way he kind of comes on the chaotic neutral <laughs> spectrum of yeah of things i mean that is of the alignments kind of, yeah i mean that it kind of is the classical depiction of uh, of this character how you think they would be and how they're trying to make him into what it is is this kind of again someone who's just there to cause mischief and let's have some fun like the drop dead fred kind of thing where you know there's Mm. this i don't know mischievous character that's another horrible film where they got that trope completely (laughs) wrong as well (laughs) but again it's like son of the mask they had this affinity for doing that where they got this i don't know like i don't know really kind of warped view of like you know um, I don't know, fun, you know, quirky character. And it was like, yeah, they just ended up being scary and, and really just, inappropriate. And it's think, like clowns, I think. It's that, that thing of like clowns are like supposed to be like fun and, and jolly and whatnot, but are terrifying. Everyone is like most, loads of people are scared of clowns. Like they're, you know, they're the things of nightmares. <laughs> And I think Mike Myers definitely facilitates this in, in that that position or that, the clown figure in this film. Yeah, you know, a costumed kind of entertainer. Like, the, I mean, he does juggle and balance yeah. and do various kind of circus skills, doesn't he? He shows off his kind of... Makes quips, jokes. Like, oh, yeah, fights an elephant in the sofa, which is very odd. Yeah, which is... Right I, I don't know. That, that, he's that was so pulling strange. it out of the sofa <laughs> just like then he like take, he's like yeah there's like a racket and he's like this is oversized this huge like tennis racket and, and then there's um, those laughs he keeps doing as well like that's not part of the character but it keeps wheezing like <laughs> and doing that like oh i don't know it's oh, so weird. he's got all these little mannerisms doesn't he that he's obviously like added to it to just kind of i i, th- I almost think yeah yeah like if it didn't have all of that it would be slightly less sinister and then but just it's like all the kind of ways that he's like and also so flippant about it like that he'll just flip from being like basically about to kill someone to then just kind of like being like oh no that's fine we'll just take my car and go and do it it's just like <laughs> done like you know <laughs> yeah i mean because it, even is that is that like pulling him away from the child he's like clawing at him <laughs> like he's like just trying to get him you know when he's like trying to climb over the fence and he's like standing on the heads of the two children you can see they're in so much pain like it looks like the worst pain they've ever experienced like ah! like they're in real pain and he like i don't know why he's standing on the heads because later he can get over the fences fine he's like oh, i don't know he's he's a he's a really <laughs> sussy character <laughs> yeah, yeah oh that's in the deleted scene though that he can get over there defenses really well i think yeah i mean there's another scene where he's sort of pulling um like the there's like this this ticker tape sort of thing out of his nose which like you know who oh, knows God, yeah. about ticker tape in the i don't know the bloody 20 20 yeah it's also you know, it's like the writing on it's red as well yeah. so it's almost like it's blood <laughs> what else would it be like 
but like the kids are going ow like it's like it's like genuine pain like it looks like it's it's like pulling teeth yeah 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 no it's uh it's definitely like a I yeah pure pure nightmare fill um fuel I think like it's a it's like a fever dream I think watching it like it's bizarre very strange experience and just ridiculously meta as well as being quite horrific i think it's quite fun and enjoyable you know though (laughs) like i I think that's why like i had a good i had a like on on the whole like i've got fond i don't for some reason have fond memories of watching it like i i I didn't i don't when when i kind of like was like oh let's do this film like i knew that it was strange and weird like you know very inappropriate because i've seen other people kind of like do, you know do things like this and talk about it and review it but like i was like i remember enjoying that film i remember watching it and being like oh this is a good film back when i was i don't know a, ch- a child like maybe like nine or ten being like yeah. oh this is great like this is all right better cat in the hat lovely um yeah how wrong i was um <laughs> I mean, there's definitely that ironic enjoyment and that sort of so bad that it's good. I mean, it's good in yeah. that way. I wouldn't say it's like, it's not so bizarre. And I was going into this trying to think about like, you know, everything that hurt and seeing it properly now the first time. And mm. it wasn't that bizarre. I'll be honest. There were moments. It's not like that- a te- yeah, it's not a terrible, terrible film, is it? Like it's fairly well acted. It's got like a pretty tight kind of story arc. Um, it doesn't drag on um it's, well, just, it's quick i'd say that it, it it's seems qu- yeah to. okay it's quick yeah <laughs> it's like boom 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 done i i'd say yeah it, it, it is a bad film but in the way it's kind of enjoyable because it is so it is peculiar and odd and strange yeah. like why do you do that like again just some of the things that you mentioned that just yeah, why does that appear and it, <laughs> it's, is this it's surreal what, it's like why who thought that up it's like at times being like in a dali painting or something Mm, just all these weird kind of elements that don't quite fit together like or just very kind of yeah really abstract and impressionist really isn't it i wish it'd gone a bit further like son of the mask sort of like i don't know absolute bizarre kind of apps like mm. turn it up to 100 this is kind of like i don't know turn it up to like seven um you know it, it's like it's it's good and it's kind of enjoyable in that way there is bizarre but it's, it's not as bizarre as i hoped it would be <laughs> It could it could be bizarre, but those deleted strangest. scenes definitely I don't know uh, <laughs> argue towards a film that could have been a lot more, uh, you know, a what lot. The, what the cat in, the, in an alternative universe, like what the cat in the hat what, was like, it achieved its full potential of weirdness and yeah, is, is banned in pretty much every country across this across the world. Like Mike yeah. Myers was is jailed for for it. I don't know, like <laughs> for it being so strange. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything, anything else you want to kind of cover, or do you think we've kind of come to the? I think we've kind of come to the end of the the hour and twenty two minutes that is the cat in the hat. We've definitely come um, to the precipice of where we depart precipice. from the cat in the hat. Yeah, from the cat in the hat, and, and and kind of put it away with all the other cats of horror that we've kind of encountered and looked at oh yeah past. we forgot and to I, mention I, that yeah this is like yeah false. like we've, we've come back to scary cats yeah episodes episode 16 scary cats and i i'm gonna like get, make a statement that i think this is the scariest cat like out of all the cats i think in horror like i cannot think of a cat that is if you actually think about it for a second if this just showed up in your house i think this is the most terrifying of cats like if, you know if you kind of if you looked out of your window and you just saw this cat 
eating a bird in your garden. The fuck would you do? It's a huge cat. It's got a hat on it and it's eating a bird. No, yes. Seeing Mike Myers come into your house, like as a cat probably would, or come up to you and like, I don't know, start quipping and making that face going, (laughs) and like, you know, like doing those arms and everything. I'd be be freaked out. And and it would chase you. He would chase you down. (laughs) Seeing that on a dark alley at night, man. Yeah, I I don't know what I'd do. Like if this cat was just perched on a wall, like, like, oh, you're going home. (laughs) No, no, thank you. Too freaky, yeah. Like, I can't think of a cat that's more scary. If you can think of one, people, let us know. Give us your top five, ten freakiest, uh, scariest cats. and Freaky cats. (laughs) If you can top this one, we'll be really, uh, really impressed. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably taken us to the, the kind of conclusion of this episode. So thank you for listening. And yeah, this is the station signing off. We'll see you next time. Maestro! I know it is wet and the sun is not sunny. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Station Podcast. If you have any thoughts about the film or what we've discussed today, please be sure to let us know at our Facebook and Instagram as well as if you want to keep up to date with what we post and our schedules. Thank you. Ah! Ah! Hairball.